Hi everyone and uh, welcome to the final episode of our four-part podcast series called Think Sustainable. For first-time listeners, I'm Rochelle Lake. I'm the head of B2B marketing at SED Australasia. In this podcast series, we've uh, focused on the top three sustainability goals that organisations have. So we've been talking about climate change, waste reduction and ethical sourcing. For this last podcast, we're doing something a bit different and we're going to talk about something that actually isn't a common sustainability goal, but we're going to talk about the importance of sustainability to your employee value proposition. And specifically, we're going to talk about how it can help you to attract and retain talent, especially with younger generations. So I think possibly by the end of this uh, podcast episode, we might all be challenging ourselves about how to make employee sustainability engagement a sustainability goal. So today I'm really excited to be joined by Sarah Ford, who's the Head of Sustainability and Public Affairs at Modibody, and David Griss, who's our SED Australasia Director of People and Corporate Services. And within David's role, um, it actually includes the oversight of our local sustainability strategy. So welcome to you both. Um, I might start first with you, Sarah, to get you to tell everybody what is it, um, what is your current role? what experience you've had working on sustainability throughout your career and what experience um, you've had around trying to implement and achieve sustainability goals at work. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, so in my current role, um, I look after sustainability and social impact for Modi Body. And for those who don't know, we're a reusable um, period underwear and apparel company. Uh, so, you know, we make, we make a product so that role looks at supply chains as well as what's happening in our um, our office and what we're doing with suppliers from a product perspective as well as a professional service um, I've been in sustainability and communications really um, for quite a number of years now about 20 years and um, previously was at the business council for sustainable development so I've sort of seen an evolution um, around the world that sustainability has become quite a focus from us knocking on doors to try to say, please talk to us about these things that are important to people coming and saying, I need to talk and understand about, you know, topics around the environment um, and people. Uh, and, and, you know, from a um, perspective of employees, I think there's a huge change that we've seen over that time um, of employees thinking you're a greenie, when you talk about sustainability to it being more common language and part of day-to-day -day business and then right down to, you know, what do I do personally? How can I make change and how do I relate that to what I see in my day-to-day um, -day operations? Mm, totally agree, Sarah. And um, yeah, I've certainly been working for many years as well. And uh, I, I feel over the last five to 10 years, there has been a, a big change. Um, but yeah, David, same questions to you to by way of introduction. Yeah, thanks, Rochelle, and hello, listeners. Um, I, yeah, I, I, my 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 role at SED Australasia, as you said, is looking after people in communications, but also sustainability, which I think is maybe a unique role to have as part of a human resources portfolio. But it's probably relevant to the topic we're talking about today because one of the reasons that I've taken the role on for leading leading sustainability in our business is to make sure that we. We do integrate it into the culture and fabric of the organisation and recognising that all employees have a role to play in advancing our sustainability goals. Um, so uh, my career um, has not had a history of working with sustainability, so it's new, but it is highly relevant to the, the kind of culture that we have and we want to continue to build within the company. Excellent. Thank you. Great. 
So to start the, um, or sort of to frame up what we're going to talk about today, I wanted to share some stats. Um, and then I guess when I go through these, I wanted each of you to um, pick out one of those stats that sort of resonates most strongly with you and sort of talk about why. So here we go. 68% of people select a company for their sustainability reputation and actions when looking for a new job, which is a pretty high number of people who've got that on their agenda when they're searching for new employment. So the second one is 64% of millennials won't take a job if their employee doesn't have a strong CSR policy. Um, so again, that's, that's a pretty powerful thing about how when you're looking for employment, the sustainability is really important. The third stat is 94% of Gen Z believe companies should address urgent social and environmental issues and will strongly consider a company's social purpose when deciding where to work. And the last stat is 83% of people would be more loyal to a company that helps them contribute to social and environmental issues. So I think, you know, research is really sort of showing that this is something that's not a nice to have anymore. It's actually really critical for people when they're, when they're looking for employment and their ongoing employment. So David, maybe we'll start with you. Which one yeah. of those stats did you find the most interesting or meaningful to you? And well, why? I think in some ways, Rochelle, they're all, they're all relevant to the subject we're talking about today, but probably the one that resonates most with me is the 64% of millennials won't take a job unless the company's got a you know clearly stated commitment to CSR. And I think the reason for that is because that cohort of people that 25 to 42 or 27 to 45, that age group are, are um, in the prime of their working careers. Um, and they are, it's about being relevant to that group. I mean, that they are going to be um, contributing to the decisions that businesses make. They are going to be... Um, joining companies based on, as, as they said, that, that the level of that commitment. So you've got to be relevant as a business. You've got to have um, a commitment that is genuine and real um, to make sure that you are able to attract and then retain the best talent. So, and, and it's, that, it's that generation of people that are, as I said, really in the prime of their careers. They're also the, uh, often the, the, the purchases of our products as well. Um, so what we sell out in the marketplace is relevant to them. They're making choices about what products they consume. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the one that resonated most with me. Oh, thanks. And what about you, Sarah? Which one did you think was interesting? Uh, look, I think having young children, the Gen Z is quite an interesting comment um, because I, I, I see that they are very focused on sustainability, but they're not focused on it as something additional. It's part of how they've grown up. It's their day-to-day -day life. Uh, you know, that generation have, have seen extreme weather events. They've witnessed extreme weather events. Uh, they learn at school about, you know, protecting the environment and human rights and all these topics which fall under the breadth of sustainability. And so I think they come, they come out of school and are looking for a job with an expectation that that's just how the world works. And I think companies that are not presenting that are authentic about what they're doing, it would feel very natural to be questioning that and think that that's sort of I, I don't know, but almost old fashioned that, of course, you do that because that's what we all do. And that's the expectation. Um, so I, I that really resonates that we have an opportunity to position sustainability. And I think it's really important in the workplace that it is the way of doing business. And there is obviously a large spectrum of how you do that and what's relevant to your your industry. But it very much is part of your day to day. Um, your being and your operation and what we should 
be expecting of a company. Nice. Good. Well, what a good way to get ourselves started. <clears throat> okay, so let's get into some other um, interesting questions. And the first one I'll put to you, David. So based on your experience, what role does a company's commitment to sustainability play in attracting and retaining top talent? Well, I think the, the conversation that we were having at the start of this session is probably the relevant one. There's been a real shift in that. So when I think about my career going back 10 years, I mean, to be honest, talking about sustainability was not a, with, with prospective job candidates was not typically a strong feature of, you know, interview, the interview process or attracting talent, but that has shifted. So I can say without fail that at SED Australasia, whether we were talking to Salesforce, to manufacturing roles, to marketing, we've got a broad range of occupational groups, they all to varying degrees want to know what our commitment is to sustainability. And they often turn up to the interview because they know that we globally and locally have a strong commitment to, to sustainability. So it is, it is highly relevant. But what I would also add is that they're looking for authentic and genuine commitments to that, not just statements on walls or in annual reports. They want to know that you're actually doing meaningful things that they, they can, can contribute to um, or that align with their personal value sets. So uh, it absolutely plays a key role. I know sitting in many interviews without fail, uh, you'll often get questions that you will always get questions around sustainability yeah uh, that wasn't the case 10 years ago mm -hmm. and you know from my own recruiting experience in the team david um i can yeah just mirror that exactly you get a lot of people who come because they are very into sustainability and want to continue working on that throughout their career or others who've been in a company where it hasn't been a strong focus they see that it's a really great opportunity for them to yes. to start to develop that in their career so from either angle they've been into it or they haven't but it's very yeah effective. that's right yeah. i mean and we're, we've shifted too so i know that when we're looking to hire talent that we we now look for people who are aligned to mm -hmm. our commitments in that area uh, and that want to contribute positively in that regard Absolutely. So it's certainly, it's relevant to them, but it's highly relevant for us. Mm. So Sarah, um, slightly different question. How does the focus on sustainability and environmental impact, um, how does that affect employee morale and motivation when you're at work? Oh, it's a great question because I think in our business in particular, you know, people who have joined our business have very much like to David's point, it's the number one question almost that we get. It's around, I love what your brand does. Um, you know, we're a reusable product. So by nature of design, we feel very sustainable. There's more that we can do, you know, with that. And it's much bigger than that, but just the product itself is what attracts talent. And without a doubt, every single person states that is a reason why they were interested in the job in the first place. Um, and so that already has this feeling of that we are all in the same boat and we all have this similar goal that we feel great about that we're working for a company that is trying to make a meaningful difference. Uh, so there's a lot of engagement that we have in the company around what we do. And there's a lot of interest in um, you know, talking to me and my team around, oh, what does this mean? Or what about our fabrics? Or, you know, we celebrate when we have new certifications for the, for the work, the hard work that actually goes into making that happen. And we celebrate that across the company and everyone is very pleased. You know, people have different understanding of what it means, but um, there's a real synergy there. And so I think it has a huge impact on engagement. And I also think to David's point around being authentic, 
you know, you like to know when you come to work that you're actually contributing in some way to some bigger goal, whatever that is. It might not always be around sustainability, but there's an innate feeling of doing something worthwhile with your time during the day. And I think that hook into sustainability and particularly in our business, the social side of sustainability um, is very invigorating for the team. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, David, how would you say within our company that we've successfully integrated sustainability into the corporate culture? So taking that, yeah, into that kind of level of thinking. Yeah. Oh, firstly, I'd say that globally, SED is um, extremely well known for its commitment to advancing uh, advancing improvements towards sustainability goals globally uh, and are a real leader in the health and hygiene sector. but also locally, we're well known for that, particularly with the talk brand, uh, as you're well familiar, <laughs> Rochelle. Um, so we have very clear targets across a broad spectrum of sustainability goals, whether they relate to so- social impact, waste, emissions reduction, uh, innovation, packaging. Uh, and um, those goals cascade right throughout the company. So we have people in our business that are squarely focused on advancing improvements in sustainability right across the business, whether you're at a manufacturing site, whether you're working with brands um, and also working with our customers, obviously. So um, there is a large part of our organization whose daily work is focused on advancing improvements in sustainability, but we've got work to do to integrate it into our broader organization, particularly here locally at SED Australasia um, and where we want to make it part of the fabric of the entire organization and regardless of whether you're working on the shop floor, you're out selling to customers or in marketing teams, um, we wanna make sure that there are people who have some contribution to advancing our sustainability goals. So we've got some work to do in that space. So next question for you. So how does sustainability align with employees or people's personal values and how can organizations leverage that to enhance engagement on a day-to-day basis at work? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, again, for Modibody, we definitely are a business that has attracted um, staff who want to work for us because they believe we are, you know, a brand with a purpose uh, and that aligns to their values. So it's in different ways. You know, some people come because a reusable product, they feel like it's waste reduction and others come because they're interested in other environmental topics such as climate change or, you know, they, I use the term biodiversity, but they might say, you know, nature and um, oceans and forests in some way you know they resonate a lot being out in nature and they can see these connections so there's this value that they have that when they come to work you can actually bring your whole self to work you're not leaving some of those values that you have at the door to change who you are internally Um, you know within sustainability we also sort of branch out I suppose into human um, resource in like diversity and inclusivity is some of the topics that you know we also cover under a social umbrella um, and we embrace all of that again you know throughout through our marketing through the customers that we talk to through the products that we create to try and be inclusive of all bodies and so you can engage your employees in so many different ways across the business in the little things that you do that align to their values that either talk to social or environmental or inclusivity there'll be something for for everyone. I think it's having that lens that you're actually thinking about those things and someone is, um, you know, 
talking about the opportunities and you're deciding what you can and can't do and what the priorities are. And then you open that engagement up to staff. They have a lot of buy-in as well that they're contributing. And I think particularly when I think about our customer service team who talk to customers a lot, again, um, they can have very authentic conversations. They're not, because they're also talking from themselves because their values are aligned with the company. So they're not having to put a different hat on and think how they would answer a question in a different way. Um, so there is this really great energy that you can create if you are creating the right culture and doing things in a way that does align with the people who are working at your business. Yeah, certainly sounds uh, like a pretty satisfying place to work. <laughs> Anything to add from your side on that one, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I, I, everything that Sarah said really resonates. And, you know, we've got so many things happening within the business in the sustainability space, whether it is around social impact, whether it is in our manufacturing sites, whether it's with the brands um, and new products that we're launching. And regardless of, you know, you're going to have people who are on a spectrum of their commitment to sustainability, you know that. So um, you're going to have the trailblazers and you're going to have people who are starting to get their head around how they can make a difference. Um, and because of the broad spectrum of things that we have available to us in the sustainability space, everyone can contribute. So the, so the opportunity to align people to the work that you're doing in sustainability is so strong. Uh, and that's, that's really what we're, we're focused on going forward is making sure that everyone has the opportunity to more strongly align their personal commitments to the direction we're taking as a company and to help shape it, to be honest, to help shape it too. Awesome. I think it's a great conversation just to demonstrate how, how broad it can be and how much, you know, you can bring multiple people into, into the fold, mm. that it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about sustainability goals and metrics and how you can effectively communicate those to employees to foster engagement and a sense of shared purpose. Maybe we'll start with you on that one, David. Yeah, so I touched on this earlier. We, we do have clear sustainability targets uh, and we are cascading those down through and throughout the organisation. I mean, I think, I think the key value in, um, in metrics is to show real and actual progress against them. Uh, I mean, I know taking the sustainability portfolio on, it really took me a while to get my head around what the targets were about, how they'd been shaped, how they'd been formed, why they were relevant. Um, and what I'm uncovering is that you've, you've got to have a real need to show progress against them with real tangible actions. So if you're reducing uh, carbon emissions by um, uh, more effective uh, uh, energy consumption strategies in your manufacturing sites or working with your partners on how you might be able to have more sustainable logistics operations or a more sustainable logistics footprint, um, talking about those plans and those achievements and how you are impacting on those targets is the key because people want to see real progress. They want to see real tangible progress not some kind of amorphous target that doesn't mean anything to them. Um, so again, that's an, another area that we have to do a lot more work in. Uh, an example of that would be we're upgrading our one of our big paper machines in New Zealand um, uh, with geothermal steam technology. And that when we implement that in the latter part of 2024, that's going to make a significant uh, indent on our carbon emissions. Uh, and it's going to be really important that we show how much uh, progress we've made in reducing carbon emissions through that initiative. And, you know, in the previous episodes, we were talking um, a bit about 
uh, greenwashing and, and you know things traps to avoid and things to look out for and I think right. what we're talking about there is that having targets and not measuring them and reporting on them that's that's actually a form of greenwashing because you can't just say well we're going to yeah. do but not actually do anything and deliver on it so yeah, yeah that sort yeah. of yeah. is a thread with what we were talking about in previous yeah. and I think it also helps people show that you you can make a difference mm. I think sometimes in sustainability it just it feels like so much so complex and is what you're doing actually making a difference? Some people probably doubt that. Well, at least in, in within your company and within your sphere of control, you, you, can, you can show that. Yeah. And Terry, did you have anything to add on, on this topic? No, probably just echoing what David says. I mean, when you're communicating, I think like all communication, you try to find that right language and that right story that um, is relatable for people. So keep it simple. And I think that can actually be the biggest challenge in sustainability, that some of the topics are really complex and it's not always black and white. Um, so trying to find a way that keeps people engaged demonstrates that success because it feels good to feel like we're doing something and how they can contribute. But in a simple way, mm. um, you know, that's kind of the, the ideal. It's not always easy. Yes, so, I can only but agree with your sentiment there, working in marketing. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to ask about, um, you know, what are, what are ways that organisations can empower, empower employees to contribute to sustainability efforts? So, you know, we've been talking about that, particularly up front when you're recruiting people, it's about values and your values and the company values. And we've been talking about, you know, how that gives great purpose and meaning to what you do but how can you actually harness that and empower employees contribute to the sustainability efforts and give them a sense of ownership in in the process so um yeah we'll start with you first on that one Sarah thank you uh look I think it's around um engage engagement and I do think you actually need to scaffold that with a bit of structure um because I think it, it we talk a lot about capacity building um, from whether we're talking about our, you know, our supply chain and the expectations that we place on, you know, we want you to do this. I'm not exactly sure how you're going to do it, but, you know, just get back to me. I mean, that's just an old, not the attitude to have. You have to think, I, I want to achieve something and I've got these targets and I need to understand how I can help you get there. And so, um, you know, in the business if we talk about professional services and we outsource to various consultants, we have a supplier questionnaire, which we've set up. Now, from a marketing team's perspective, they'll be looking at, you know, can they deliver on whatever the scope of work is? Can it meet the right price? Can they come in at the timeline? And then we have sustainability questions in there. Does this company have a, you know, emissions target or how are they inclusive? And uh, some questions that cover sustainability and social and what it suddenly does, it's, it's giving a different lens and criteria with how we are choosing our suppliers. And then, then again, you're finding suppliers who talk with a similar value and a, a similar mindset. And actually it ends up being that you work a lot better because you're not coming off, coming from a different you know, direction. But what that's doing is I'm capacity building my marketing team to understand some of these topics and things to look for when they're, they're doing their day-to-day -day work. Great. And anything to add, David? Yeah, I mean, I think the scaffolding is important and providing a framework for people to be able to contribute. So SED has a goal, for example, SED has a goal that all of its innovations, or I'm sorry, more than 50% of its innovations 
have a positive social or environmental impact. And in um, 2022, they achieved 68%. And I think what that does is you, you basically, you're sending a message to your organization that giving them the license to innovate around sustainability and be creative and contribute. And the expectation is that you will do something positive in that regard. So setting the targets up that way, I think is extremely, extremely helpful. Um, but in addition to Sarah's comments, I think um, the opportunity, particularly for us in the future is to integrate sustainability goals more into people's day-to-day -day work. So it's not just the purview of the manufacturing sites or the brand teams. It, it's actually everyone has a role to play, whether it's directly or, or in a supportive way. And one of the things that we have for several of our sites is is our green teams, because there's yes. obviously an opportunity at a, a you know very local localized level within an office yes. or a factory yes. to think what can we do within our own site. So that's yes. uh, I know a common things that organisations do, and I've been involved in one of the green teams for our site. Um, yeah, where where I work and. Um, Actually, one thing we've done as part of the Think Sustainable campaign for Talk is actually provide some tips, hygiene tips for green teams. Yes. Because, you know, it's probably not the first or most obvious thing that people would think about, well, I can be more green with that. Um, people might think more about waste or energy and that sort of stuff within the office. But I'm sure yeah. there's a, yeah. So we've got that available for people as well to help give some tips for people on green teams, yeah, which we'll actually share in, in the show notes. Fantastic. All right, now this question, David, I know is a question that you will like to talk about. Um, what role does leadership play in fostering a culture of sustainability and engagement within a, an organisation? You're right, I am passionate about it. I think, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a catalyst for driving change. So, um, you know, we, we know that people have different levels of passion about sustainability and I include myself in that. Um, and you know, I'm not the trailblazing sustainability leader, but I know that if you're going to achieve change and achieve the goals that you set out to achieve around sustainability, leadership is crucial. And again, it's not just the purview of people in leadership positions, but the act of leadership itself is absolutely critical because you create energy around um, goals, you create energy around change um, when you're a leader and you create followership. So whether you are a trailblazer or whether you're someone who um, just has a, a general interest in sustainability. I know here at SED Australasia, you know, our expectation is that even if you're not a trailblazer in sustainability, that you're going to set your teams up for success to achieve our sustainability goals. Uh, we're not there yet, um, but um, that's, that's, that's the journey we're on. And, and I feel very passionate about the role that leaders play in making sure we fulfill our sustainability goals. They have a, a fundamental role to play. And what about at Modi Body, Sarah? What would you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it's you know it's a really great point that you don't actually have to be a in a leadership position to be a leader and to demonstrate that value. I mean, we see it particularly around the social side of um, you know in our business that people because we work a lot in period poverty, you know, there's this real leadership in what our expectations are and how we can um, demonstrate that we should be doing something different and that comes from across the business and I think I am very proud of our workforce that I feel like they're a leader outside of our business to others on something that is very um, 
you know, they've come to the business with, with lim different degrees of understanding of some of these issues around the topic of um, stigma around menstruation, which is part of this social conversation we have. Um, and they take that outside of the business. And I think they demonstrate that leadership of, I, I believe in something and I'm going to stay true to that belief and share that information, you know, for others to, to take it as, as they, they will. Um, and we see that internally, you know, different parts of the business but I think you if you are in a leadership position you do have to walk the talk to a degree and and you do genuinely need to sign up to what the business is trying to achieve um, and encourage your team and allow your teams to to innovate around that and support them to do the best you know they can to to move the dial to where your targets are nice very nice very nice so the last question on the topic today, and again, it's been a common question throughout the podcast series, is, is what role can suppliers play when it comes to employee engagement in relation to sustainability? What, how, how can suppliers help? So I'll start with you, Sarah, on that one. Thank you. Yeah, suppliers play a really interesting role because I think firstly you're wanting, the engagement comes from you're looking for suppliers to achieve an outcome. And so that idea that you're using the suppliers to engage with sustainability on, you know, are they a sustainable business? So this criteria that I talked about that we use to decide on who a supply is or not actually reflects back on staff to, to think about those questions and should I be choosing them or not? So it's, it's an interesting role they would play in engagement with staff. They definitely play that role in the bigger part of the business of moving the business towards goals that have been set. Um, we look at the engagement being you know, two-way with the suppliers and with staff um, because we're both learning from each other and sharing that knowledge so we can move ourselves forward. And I think, again, capacity building both directions, that flow of information does encourage us to um, innovate think about things differently and understand where the blocks are. And, and that flows back into, you know, all types of staff across the business of how they're engaging. Again, I think customer service are a great example because they don't directly work with the product in a way that they can make a change around sustainability, but they're very knowledgeable and they're asking these questions and they're communicating with that customer. And then that does often feed back into um, you know, our design teams from this information that we're getting back from customers and the customer service team that we will talk to suppliers about. So there's sort of a circular nature of how the supplier relationship works. Anything to add, David? Yeah, I mean, a couple of points. Um, everything Sarah said really resonates. But from an engagement perspective, we've got hundreds of people who deal with supplier, our suppliers, all of which have some impact on our sustainability goals. So there's an opportunity for those people in those roles to be doing the work of sustainability in dealing with their supply partners. So there's an opportunity to engage in sustainability through that process and that work. And then I think secondly, um, probably back to the other point that we, has been a feature of this whole podcast is authenticity. So if you're not making the right choices with the partners that you're working with, if you're not working with them to help them or to have them help you, improve your sustainability goals, then your people see that. So if you work with a partner that's not doing the right thing, uh, then that has a big impact on engagement if they can see that. And if you are not doing anything about it or not progressing to do anything about it, it's going to impact engagement and morale. So um, yeah, I think the work that you do with your, your third parties and your suppliers um, 
be they small or large, is critical to engagement in sustainability. Excellent, excellent. Well, I mean, I really um, believed before we started this podcast that um, sustainability can play a real role with your employees. And I, you know, I think we've just discussed a lot of great things that's even strengthened my my belief in in that. So thank you very much for the discussions. Great, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, on it. <laughs> I think it's been really interesting. Um, so the closing questions, which I like to ask uh, everybody who's joined us on the, on this uh, podcast, is to talk, bring it back a bit more to home. Um, so it's two questions to each of you, and the first is why are you passionate about sustainability, and the other is um, what do you do at home to be sustainable? Because we're all looking, I think, for for good tips of what we can do at an individual level. So I'll start with you, Sarah. Ah, oh, look, I think I have always been not knowingly. Um, passionate about sustainability I think if you have a connection to nature and you understand where things come from where your food comes from where the clothes that you wear where the products that you use come from they all come from some form of resource I came from a very resource rich state um, so it was very ever present um, so I think I'm passionate because I understand there's a great value and a lot of time and energy that is spent in taking a re natural resource and turning it into something useful and that we shouldn't waste waste that. Um, as for tips at home, you know, I turn off my lights, I have a compost bin, I have solar panels. Um, it's, again, I try not to buy things I don't really need, just things that, you know, would be nice to have. <laughs> you know, I don't really need that. Um, and celebrating those, you know, those moments of creating time and doing things rather than... Um, buying over over purchasing so you know cons consumption choices um they're probably my top tips very good ones very good ones and what about you david yeah i, I mean I, it's funny because leading the sustainability function you know my interest is and commitment to it is increasing daily um so i wouldn't say i've ever, I've, I've been a, a passionate sustainability person but i'm always passionate about doing the right thing and intuitively you know when you know uh, you're being wasteful. There's too much packaging. Um, you, you know that you're burning fossil fuels into the atmosphere. I just, you know, that's not the right thing. So I am passionate about doing the right thing. And uh, increasingly so as I, as I come to understand where the opportunities are to improve the way we live our lives, I'm becoming more committed to it. And I don't know, I suspect I'm probably quite, um, it's quite a, a common way to be in the general community, I imagine. Um, but as I said, on, on a daily basis, my engagement with it and commitment with it is, is, is really increasing. As for tips at home, um, which is probably reflective of my commitment, and I've got a partner that pushes me on this, I'm definitely much better at recycling everything. They go in the right place at the right <laughs> time. Uh, and um, probably one of the things I've done is um, when it comes to waste is repurposing things. So just really focusing on not consuming too much, not buying too much. Uh, but if I don't need it anymore, I'm either giving it to people who might need it or I'm selling it on Facebook Marketplace, not so much for the money, but just because someone else can put it to good use and extend its life. Uh, and I've actually found that quite enjoyable. So there's a couple of tips. 100%. I'm a big fan of Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> 
Great. Well, a very big thank you to Sarah and David. And thanks so much for joining me on the episode today. It's been a really interesting and inspiring conversation um, for our final episode of this Think Sustainable podcast. Um, and look, I've just really thoroughly enjoyed all the conversations we've had across this podcast theory, series and really hope that businesses and individuals might have picked up some valuable insights and tips regarding the importance of thinking sustainability um, so that organisations can really thrive um, but also benefit the environment in what you're doing as well. So thank you very much. Um, and that's it for today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much, Michelle.